What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. This is a special edition Niners Nation podcast. Got a little bit of a round table here. It is myself and Levin Black, who, of course, joins me on the Gold Standard podcast on Thursdays. What's up, Levin? Not a whole lot. Definitely not Matt Stafford. Yeah, that's the subject of this little roundtable discussion. But we are joined for the first time ever by Niner Nate, whose Niner Nation podcast with Leo Luna comes out Tuesdays. What is up, Nate? You know, sometimes you just things don't go the way you want them to. And life's hard. That's all I got to (laughs) say. You can tell by the sound of our voices that we are. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that. Nate and I are bummed right now. Levin, you were never on the staff for train. So I'm going to get into that in a second. But I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We really do appreciate it. It really does help. If you haven't done so already, please do. If you leave a review, we will read it on the show. Okay. Levin and I were talking about Matthew Stafford weeks and weeks ago. I was on board from the beginning. Levin never totally was on board. So how are you feeling first, Levin? And then we'll get to Nate. You were never on board, so are you that bummed? Bummed, yes. That bummed, no. I don't see this as the end of the world. I think it's more annoying that he went to the Rams. I think that's probably more of why I'm bummed than the fact the Niners missed out. The Rams getting out of that golf contract is, to me, the worst part of this whole situation. I'm beyond bummed. Like, that's the thing. Like, I just paused there because this is such a bad situation now. Like, we are in, like, literally quarterback purgatory for, like, the 17,000th time in Niner history. Like, they just don't the, – the Stafford thing made too much sense. Like, it was just like, you bring in Stafford, you're already, you know, one of the best teams in the NFC. You bring in Stafford, you have great quarterback play, you go right back to the Super Bowl. And now it's like – what the hell do you do? Like, I don't know. Like, I have absolutely no idea. I've racked my brain since last night so many times. You know, there's so many different options. But the question it comes down to is, are they willing to do it? You know, like, I would have given up the two first-round picks and a third for Stafford because I know what it does for the 49ers. And I know those two first-round picks are 31, 32, you know, 29, 28. Like, they're not going to be high picks. And you're not going to get, like, you know, maybe you get an impact player, but you're not going to get, like, a stud with those draft picks, you know, you're going to be picking pretty high because Stafford sets them up to be there every single year. And so you lose out the chance on Stafford. And now do you overpay on Deshaun? Like, what do you do? I don't know. We're going to get to that. We'll get to the other options. But I agree with you, Levin. Like, it's a double gut punch because you didn't get him, which I could have lived with. I wouldn't have been thrilled if, like, he went to the Colts. But the fact that the Rams did, because the Rams were the team that the 49ers could handle in the division. As long as they had Jared Goff there, I felt like the 49ers were going to be good enough to at least handle the Rams. They have trouble with the Seahawks. They have trouble with the Cardinals. But at least there were two games that we could sort of control. Now, I look... The 49ers have the worst quarterback in the division. I don't think it's that close. He does nothing extraordinary. At least Kyler can scramble. Stafford is a warrior. He's got a rocket for an arm. Russ, we know, does everything well. The 49ers have nothing exemplary at the quarterback position, Levin. And to me, they have to change that just to compete in the West now. Forget the rest of the NFC. I mean, it's not like they're in that big of a different situation from what they were before. It's chase the vets. There's just one less vet out there. Or your fallback plan, I think, is still to go into the draft and try to get one of the young quarterbacks, whether that means Zach Wilson. trading up. Yeah, Zach Wilson. I figured that would come up. <laughs> Either trading up or sitting where you're at at 12 and hoping one of the top four falls or trading back to try to get a guy like Mac Jones in the teens and picking up extra picks. They're still in good position. It's just not as good of a position. There's think, one less option. I think the biggest thing is just, you know, now you're dealing with a division that has three good quarterbacks and you have the worst quarterback. And while you may have one of the better defenses, I still think the Rams might have them beat on defense now with the way they played last year. So now, like, you don't even have the best on either side of the ball. And, yeah, maybe you have the best head coach. But, I mean, it's so there's so many things that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do well. And now you have the fact that like, like, does he want to come back? I wouldn't want to come back. They've tried to move off me two years in a row. Like screw you guys. I'm not coming back. I'm going to go to the Colts somehow. Trade me to the Colts. I'm not going to play until you trade me. 
a Jimmy Garoppolo trade request would just be like just the <laughs> added cherry on top of this offseason that is just going to be absolutely insane. Um, I saw somebody say, I think it was Tim Kawakami who said that good organizations don't react to what other teams are doing, even other teams in their division. Good organizations make their plan, they have their values on guys, and they stick to it. I see what he's saying, but at the same time, like what the teams in your division do matters. You know, like if if all the teams in the West suddenly traded away their quarterbacks, not that they ever would, but for the sake of argument, then I think the 49ers are like, you know what? We feel okay about Jimmy Garoppolo rolling through the West with him this year. But if they all, if like Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers suddenly came to the NFC West, yeah, the 49ers would have to do something about that. And Stafford is a good quarterback. I think the Niners have to have some sort of response. I don't know what, but I feel like they can't just keep the status quo, Levin. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with his premise that you don't react to what others are doing. The problem is, is when you do that year in, year out, and the people around you are making big moves, there comes a point where you do need to react. Like I think on the surface, a single transaction shouldn't make you respond and overpay to try to react. But the Rams have gone out, they've gotten Ramsey, they've gone out and they've gotten Stafford. You know, Kyler Murray went to Arizona with the number one pick. The other teams in their division have been making multiple moves to improve, and the Niners have been kind of taking the stance of, we're not going to overpay for anybody. We don't even necessarily want to pay fair price. We want to get a deal, or we're going to sit and try to make our way through the draft. And I think they're getting to the point, if not already now at the point, where they have to break out of that. They've made some moves in trades. Like, you know, they've traded a second for Jimmy. They traded a second for Ford. They've traded the third and fifth for Trent Williams. They have made moves, but all of those were, they kind of came into their laps and they got them at a fair price or a good deal. They've never been willing to go out there and use a first round pick to get the guy they need. And I think they're at the point where they need to do that. But I will say, to go back on one other, one thing you said at the end when Nate was talking, you know, if Jimmy requests a trade, I would actually be excited for that because that means he's willing to accept a trade and the Niners can actually get some value for him. It's if he comes and says, cut me, I won't play for you. That's the fear. Yeah, I think that I think that the damage has been done so much that I just don't see any way that Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. I think that, you know, as someone who's been just racking his brain since, you know, this news came out, I think that the I the best situation obviously would be Deshaun Watts, number one situation. Yes, you, you mortgage the future, but you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs next year in the Super Bowl, for sure. Like, no doubt in my in my mind. The next situation would be you overpay for Dak Prescott, which, you know, you can if you really want to. And then I think the next situation would be you go get, you cut Jimmy, you go get Andy Dalton, and you trade two first-round picks and your solid thirds and go get Zach Wilson, and you hope that, Dalton doesn't get punctured in the lung or whatever, basically, you know, you put Dalton is your guy until Zach Wilson's ready and and you see what happens. But I think the desperation is getting more and more and more as we get closer. And yeah, it's the off season hasn't actually like really started, you know, free agency and all that stuff hasn't started yet. But if you just kind of like gauge things from like Niner world, like Twitter and, and you kind of like just the news that comes out from different outlets, the desperation is getting there and it's, it hasn't reached its peak yet, but it's getting really, really close to the point where if they put Jimmy Garoppolo out there, this team is going to be in a lot of trouble. That's my frustration too. Is like, and I've said this on a, a bunch of times. Kyle and and John have not had to make quote unquote their pick at quarterback until now. They didn't have one when they got here. Jimmy Garoppolo fell into their lap. No team in the league would have turned down that offer from Bill Belichick. I'm I'm convinced. Jimmy's stock was super high at that point. It was only a second-round pick. Like, they had to do it. Now they're making their choice. And if they're – and I have said I trust them to make the choice. But if their choice is to bring Jimmy back, that is the wrong choice. That would be just horrible. Like, you know what you have. You've seen the movie before. To just go into the next season and say, we hope things are going to be better. I mean, Nate, they they can't. They just can't. The, the, the look in the locker room, the look around the league, I feel like they there's going to be a lot of pressure from a lot of different places to make a move. It's funny. The first show I ever did on Niners Nation, we had a conversation, and it was that 
this is it. This is Jimmy's last ride. Like this is his chance. You know, they're going to run it back because they, they had the ability to, you know, he, there wasn't, you know, Tom Brady was the only real quarterback there that could have had a chance to acquire their picking 31st. So it was going to run it back with Jimmy and see what happens. And we were like, yeah, Super Bowl probably. And then Bosa gets hurt. And we really got to see how, you know, where Jimmy's flaws were. And so the idea that they run it back with Jimmy, now that we've seen the flaws, like maybe not all of, the Niner fan base has seen the flaws, but I think a lot of us have seen these flaws now watching that Seahawks game where they were the worst passing defense in the NFL. And Jimmy was just getting the boxes loaded so bad on him. He couldn't do anything. And so now running it back again, sounds like literally the stupidest thing I could do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Levin, am I crazy? There's only one scenario where I'm just going to be Lynch and Shanahan are not willing to take the plunge. And at that point I will probably be very vocal in that Shanahan's ego that he can make it work with an average quarterback is ruining the franchise. And that situation is they stick with Jimmy and they take some guy in the mid rounds thinking they maybe can develop him over the next year or two. And maybe he turns it like, I'm not okay with it. If they stick with Jimmy and go like Trey Lance at 12 in that scenario, I'm happy with that. But if it's stick with Jimmy and take a guy in the mid round and just pray he turns into a Russell Wilson, like that's when criticism is going to be flying out of my mouth towards them because that to me means it confirms 100% the one fear we all still have about Kyle and that's his ego is going to get in his way as a coach. Again, that would be hope. You, the thing you're talking about is them just hoping, either hoping Jimmy turns out or hoping this mid-round pick turns out, and that is not a plan. You need a definite plan. I just I see on 49ers Twitter and with some of the beat writers, like the pearl clutching over these draft picks is reaching an insane level. And it's not even like the 49ers have been this incredible drafting team with Shanahan and Lynch. They've been okay. Like, but the, the these picks are not, you're not trading guaranteed Hall of Famers when you trade these draft picks. Go look at the Ricky Williams trade where Mike Ditka gave up his entire draft. What did the other team get? Nothing. A bag of cats. Like, look at the, even the, the Herschel Walker deal is the one that sticks out because the Cowboys actually did make the right moves and got a lot of good players. But most of the time, what did the, the, the Julio Jones trade with the Falcons? I don't even remember who they traded with. Was it Buffalo? What did that do for them? Nothing. It took another like decade for them to make the playoffs. Like, stop overvaluing these draft picks for proven players. It drives me nuts, Nate. And it's funny because, you know, you think about these draft picks, and like, I think Niner fans got spoiled because of how bad Trent Balky was at picking people. Like, he was just <laughs> so awful. He didn't know how to build a team to save his life. Every player he picked out of torn ACL, it was just so bad, right? <laughs> and you get John Lynch in there, and he actually starts picking decent players, you know, minus Solomon Thomas and Ruben Foster. But like, you know, he starts getting guys who actually make impact in later rounds, right? And so. Then you read some of the stuff that was coming out about Stafford over the last couple of days that, you know, oh, it was going to be next year's first and a third or whatever. And then, you know, you hear that Washington offered 19. So to force San Francisco to offer 12. And then that seems to be where the 49ers were like, nah, we ain't giving up 12. And that seems kind of crazy to me because it's like, I said on Twitter, like there's not a more dynamic, more, uh, you know, even if he's only a four, three or three or four year starter, you know, there's not a better player you're going to get at 12 than Matthew Stafford. And so giving up just 12 and maybe one of the solid thirds like that, that's a no brainer. And so the fact that John Lynch, like, I don't know if he was, if he was pearl clutching or what he was doing, but that should have been like done. Like there should have been no chance that the Rams had to dump Jared Goff's salary because it would have been it would have cost less because they dumped Jeff Jergoff's salary and they had to give up picks for for Matthew Stafford and it's just like if if it comes out one day that like there was a done deal like where it seemed like it was a couple days ago and they said mm, we want to keep 12 then John Lynch is going to look like an idiot well we're not one we can't be sure that would be John Lynch i think that should point should be made it could be Kyle we don't know which one of them values the first round pick so much that they won't trade a first round pick for a vet. You know, maybe that's a Lynch thing, but I would think if Kyle truly wanted Stafford bad enough, he would have ordered Lynch give up that 12th pick. So I think that's more of a Kyle thing because Kyle has the trump card. You know, he can force his way and he didn't force his way here. But I also want to make the point that, you know, talking about the value of draft picks, it's always bothered me like, Think about what it takes to trade up in the draft. Like we're talking about maybe trying to go to number two. We're talking about it might take two years of firsts 
plus multiple mid-round picks, maybe even another second plus another pick to get up 10 spots. Or for that draft capital, you can get like a proven dynamite vet. You know, in this case, that would be the, the cost to trade up to number two is more than the cost to get Stafford, basically. Like that to me is just crazy how valuable these draft picks are when the draft is actually coming. And, you know, instead of in in the future, it just it's always seemed like kind of like a it, it they don't match up. The value of the picks when the draft is here is so incredibly high that it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't make any sense. People act like you're trading the jackpot when you're really just trading a lottery ticket. Like that's the difference. You're not getting the guaranteed reward. You're getting a chance to get the reward. And statistically speaking, like you guys are saying, the odds that that 12th pick is going to be somebody that's even as good as Matthew Stafford, statistically, it's more likely than not that the 49ers don't. And by the way, how much pressure does this put on, on Lynch and Shanahan now? You better nail this freaking draft, man. Because if you're if you're not making deals for proven veterans because you want the draft picks, like you got to get a bunch of studs. Because if you get a bunch of scrubs, if you get Rashawn Woods or Dante Pettis or Kentuan Balmer, like, and it pains me just to even say those names, like, that's it. That defines your regime, Levin. Like, you know, I know Kyle Shanahan and Lynch got a new deal. But you can't keep having these 10 loss seasons. At some point, you are going to be held responsible. And sometimes it's decisions like this that lead you down that road. You know, I I do wonder how much Lynch is sweating because I think it's pretty clear what the situation will be. If If this doesn't go well for the Niners and they lose, there's going to have to be a scapegoat. And it's obviously not going to be Kyle. It's going to be Lynch. But like I just said, Lynch doesn't get final say. I don't think you can really argue that if Kyle truly wanted Stafford bad enough, he is definitely the type of person that would pull his weight and say, make it happen. I don't care if you're trading the 12th pick. And yet Lynch is the one that would likely be having his head cut off over it. And I think, you know, my knee jerk reaction when this all went down was like overpay for Deshaun. And I think, you know, even thinking about it more, I want to overpay for Deshaun (laughs) because I don't think there's a better player you're going to get in the next three years than Deshaun Watson. I did a quarterback ranking when I was bored at work the other day. And I said, (laughs) okay, so number one is Patrick Mahomes, right? It's easy. Rogers is two, but then you get to three and four. And I think that there's a Watson Wilson thing that could be said there. He's that good. And so when you're thinking about this overvaluing of draft picks and all this stuff, why value draft picks this much when the minute the 49ers get Watson, the minute it happens, you go to Vegas and they're above the Chiefs. Guarantee it. Because they have Nick Bosa. They have Kyle Shanahan. You don't think so? I don't know, Levin. What do you think? It depends on what they give up. If they don't give up any of their current players, I would say they probably would jump up there. But if they give up like somebody like Bosa or Kittle – Vegas well, yeah, but I'm saying like mainly draft picks. That's why I'm right. saying if you're going to go get Deshaun Watson and you think about the, you know, bring up the Herschel Walker trade, right? And so, you know, think about you do something like that for Deshaun Watson. That's what it takes to get him. So, we, you know, you don't, you have next to no draft picks, but you have Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because you have a franchise quarterback for 15 years. I would put it this way. Deshaun Watson is a true all-pro potential Hall of Fame quarterback that's already proving that he could be an MVP caliber quarterback. And that would mean that he would be, at the very least, the best use of a draft pick the Niners would have done since Jerry Rice. And I would argue because he's a quarterback, you have to go back to Joe Montana. You know, Steve Young wasn't drafted, you know, and they've never had a quarterback since Steve Young as good as Deshaun Watson. Jeff Garcia is not in the same not in the same tier at all, you know. So to me, like, would you trade four first-round picks that are almost guaranteed to be in the 20s or later to get a guy that is your best draft pick in 30, what, 35 years? Yes. That's that the, is that's a, the only way to do it. Yes. That's a really good point. Uh, when you put it that way, it kind of does put it in perspective. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to get into – what the 49ers do now beyond Deshaun Watson and also get into some of your questions as well because we wanted to hear from you. So we'll do both of those when we come back. Welcome back to the Niners Nation Matthew Stafford Roundtable Podcast. Rob Stats Guerrero here with 11 Black and Niner Nate. Okay, guys. 
So we talked about Watson. Obviously, we'd all love it. Let's look beyond Deshaun Watson because I have a fear now. And this is my fear. And Levin is smiling because he knows I live my life in a state of panic at times. Here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that Kyle Shanahan is listening to this podcast and he's like, you know what? Those guys are pretty smart. We do have to do something. We need to act now. And you know what? I'm tired of waiting around. I'm going to do what I should have done when I got here. John, go get me Kirk Cousins. I'm, I, is that possible? Am I crazy? Nate is flipping out right now. Is He's that doing the, the Kirk dance. <laughs> He's doing the Kirk dance. Like, scale of one to ten, Nate, how crazy is that? I want it. Honestly, he's better. Like I was telling Levin earlier today, I want it. Kirk's better than anything we have. He's proven he can do it. Like the thing is, people talk so much smack about the fact that Stefan Diggs wanted to leave. The guy gets a rookie wide receiver and makes him the best rookie wide receiver in like, what, four or five years? Like, like Kirk Cousins is good. The misconception that Kirk Cousins is is not good is, is crazy to me. Like he's probably the 10th or 11th best quarterback in the league. And right now you have what, 18, 19? It's an upgrade, and there's no reason you shouldn't do it. Like That's the thing is the biggest thing they should be looking at is looking at every possible upgrade you can get because the team is still built to win now. And so if Kirk's the guy, then go get him. You know, as long as it's not like three first-round picks for him. I mean, like, go get what you need to get done. Like, I'm down for whatever as long as it's not Carson Wentz. Look, I've posted this both as kind of like a trick question and just flat out on Twitter over the last five, six days. You know, I posted a poll on our podcast network and I included three quarterbacks, A, B, and C. I didn't name them. And I just gave the stats out of what they would average on a per game. If you take their per game average over the last three years and take it to a 16-game season, so you get their average season over the last three years. There was one very, very obvious choice that won that poll, and that was Kirk Cousins. People didn't know it was Kirk. Niner Nate was tweeting me going, who is it? And I posted a a gif of Captain Kirk, and he was like, seriously, dude, give me the answer. And I was like, I did. (laughs) (laughs) But Kirk, average, last three years, is 4,500 yards, 31 touchdowns, and I think 10 interceptions. Matt Stafford? is 26 touchdowns to 16 interceptions. He actually averages more interceptions on a per-game basis than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, he actually has a little bit lower of an interception rate because he has so many more passing attempts than Jimmy Garoppolo, so it's a little misleading in that regard. But Kirk Cousins has the most yards per game. He had the most touchdowns per game. He had the least interceptions per game. The only thing that he did not lead in that thing that I posted, I believe was average yards per pass, and that was Jimmy Garoppolo that won that. And I think we would all agree that's the Kyle Shanahan effect. Yeah, I, you're right. Everything you're saying is right. Like <laughs> Cousins is better than people give him credit for, for sure. He is. Like he, he's a boring guy. He's kind of like a human sweater vest, but he puts up numbers. He can play a little bit, and he doesn't get hurt. He's he's pretty much out there every week. Yes, love. I was just going to say that there's one critique, and I think it was you that mentioned it in the first part. It's that he doesn't show up in a big game. You know, that he, he, he fails in prime time. He doesn't play well at night, I think is how one of you put it. I don't remember which one of you said it. I've had this argument already, and I've already – it drives me nuts because it's a narrative that's not actually based in fact. Yes, his teams are 8-16 and 16 when he plays in prime time. But his actual average, his actual stats, it's not him losing. His actual stats, he averages almost 300 yards a game. And he, in those in those games, he had, I want to say it was like 26 touchdowns to to eight interceptions in primetime. Like, he, he it plays very well in primetime. It's not his fault his team loses. But now he has this rep of, well, he doesn't show up in big games just because he loses. I think we all know that winning isn't necessarily a quarterback stat because we have Jimmy Garoppolo as our quarterback. <laughs> Jesus. Um, you, you may lose my train of thought. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you also have to realize it's kind of like the Stafford effect where like, you know, Matthew Stafford's defense has let him down so many times. I think that's one thing about Kirk Cousins is his defense has let him down. And I think 
going from Mike Zimmer, who's, you know, not a bad head coach, to Kyle Shanahan, you're going to see such a, 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 not necessarily a huge jump, but a, a jump just like you're going to see with Stafford. Stafford with McVay is going to be disgusting. And Kirk Cousins with, with Shanahan, again, who he's been with before, he understands it. That which that is going to be a thing of beauty, and I think it's going to not only help his stats, but I mean he's going to have a run game just like he does in Minnesota. He might he's going to have a better run game. Like he doesn't have Dalvin Cook, but it doesn't matter because Kyle Shanahan's a better schemer. So I'm surprised. It sounds like you both are on board with the Cousins acquisition. What do you give up to get him? Well, that's obviously the key here. I would be willing to give up next year's first round pick and maybe a low mid round pick. You know, something like the, I would do probably a, as high. I think my border limit would be the third round comp pick this year for the Sala hiring and the first next year. That's where and, I would kind of draw the line. And Jimmy? If they want Jimmy, great. If they don't want Jimmy, we'll figure it out. Like Jimmy to me doesn't matter in this equation because he can be cut or traded. The only thing we lose is draft composition. You know, if we're able to trade him, great. If not, we can get rid of him. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like it, it doesn't if you're upgrading a quarterback like I even said it when I thought the Stafford was coming. I was like, you're going to cut Jimmy. And, you know, at the end of the day, like that's what you have to do. It doesn't matter that the guy was in the Super Bowl. You have to cut him. If you're going to if you have to cut him, you cut him. And, you know, you give up a first round, you give up one of the solid picks this year and you go get Kirk Cousins. And that's the same exact draft capital that I was hearing was going to go for Stafford before Washington said, we're going to throw 19 in there. And then it just kind of blew up from there. And so, you know, a first and a third for a guy who's, you know, probably going to keep you in that division race. I mean, he's still a good quarterback. I mean, you now have a division where every team has a good quarterback except for you. And at least with Kirk Cousins, like you have a great, you have Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan is the great, you know, the uh, what's the thing they say? Lifting the tide that lifts all boats or something like that. Rising tide lifts all boats. He is the rising tide. He's going to lift everything on this team no matter what. And when you have a quarterback who at least can have, you know, a chance at an elite game or an, and has more above average games than, you know, two in his entire career, then it allows you to compete and with Bosa back, and, you know, if you keep 12, you can go get another edge rush. You can go get another whatever the hell you want. You can go get Patrick Sertain, whatever you want to get. It allows you to do things. And, you know, it's the same situation as Stafford would have been. It's three, four years, you know, and then you have to upgrade again. I, I'll, I'll sum it up this way. I think Kirk Cousins is on par with Matt Stafford in terms of quality of a quarterback. They're quite different in terms of what they can do. But they are similar level in terms of overall talent. But the advantage you get with Kirk is he's played in the system. So for next year, I would argue Kirk is a better option for this upcoming season than Stafford would have been. Yeah, especially with no OTAs. And I mean, who knows what the preseason is going to look like. That's a good point. I'm surprised you guys were both on board with Cousins. I was not expecting that. Uh, Let's move beyond Kirk Cousins now. Let's say that Minnesota doesn't want to trade him or they want two firsts or whatever the case may be. I'm looking at other places now. Uh, Matt Stafford is potential. Uh, Matt Stafford. <laughs> Matt Ryan is potentially available. Do you want Matt Ryan? Levin, you're shaking your head no. Nate? Um, I, the problem is, is I think we had this conversation earlier today. Is like he's less mobile than Matthew Stafford and he's less mobile than Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's a problem because, you know, the offensive line isn't bad like Twitter wants you to believe, but it's not great either. It's not like phenomenal. And like the ability to manipulate a pocket and move around is a really important part with this offense. But I mean, you look at the numbers and what Matt, Matt Ryan did, Matt Stafford again, Matt Ryan did, you know, with the, the Falcons when Kyle was the offensive coordinator, he knows the system. I just don't want to overpay for Matt Ryan because he's even older than Matthew Stafford. So like, I think that an upgrade is needed Um, and you know, whatever the Niners do, I would probably be happy with as long as it's not Carson Wentz. (laughs) You know, I I look at Matt Ryan, we've brought him up on the show going back probably what, two months ago at this point. Yep. One, his contract is worse, but even going beyond that, I've kind of come to the realization that I think we were both thinking of the Matt Ryan that was in the Kyle Shanahan system, just what, three, four years ago. But I don't think that's actually true because he's gotten older. He is older. I think he's, what, 36? He's 35. at the point of regression. So he's he's not – I don't think he's capable of being that same quarterback. And I had the thought that, 
what would Matt Ryan look like and what would be the narrative on him if he didn't have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley making him still look like a decent quarterback? Like without without having maybe the best one-two punch in the entire league, he could very well be looking like a quarterback that everybody's talking about, oh, he might not be a starter anymore. Yeah, but he's he would be going to a team with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, so that you know, he would have a little bit of help there. Uh, I'm not on board with the Matt Ryan look. I don't think he elevates you that much that he's worth giving up the resources to get him. Um, I think that I think that Cousins would be the better upgrade over Matt Ryan. And yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of like other crazy ideas. I would love the Dak Prescott move if they could swing it. I, I would be on board with that. And I'm telling you, people think I'm nuts. I think that Jerry Jones is getting pissed off that he doesn't have his guy signed. I don't think he ever wanted Dak Prescott. I think he thinks he did Dak Prescott a favor, and I think he thinks that should be done, and it's not done now. And the longer it goes unfinished, the better the chances are that he's somewhere else next year. What? Where do you put Dak Prescott on your uh, acquisition scale, Levin? I would put him a little bit above Stafford and – I guess Kirk Cousins, if we're going there, I think he's better than those two. I think he's, you know, Stafford and Cousins are in that, I would say, eight to 12 range, depending on your preferences of a quarterback, whereas Dak's in that gap of five to eight. You know, he's not quite the upper echelon, but he's the next tier down. I think he's just one tier above those other two. You know, the the thing about Dak that I haven't, I just doesn't make sense to me is, when does Dak get frustrated? Everybody talks about Jerry Jones not wanting him. When does Dak say, screw you? You know, you know what I mean? Like Ezekiel Elliott basically went there, basically called Jerry Jones's bluff and said, fine, I'll go spend my time down in, you know, Mexico until you want to sign me. Dak has not done anything. He's been quiet. He has not caused any problems. Like, where's the anger? If I was in his situation, I'd be pissed. He's the Cowboys quarterback. I mean, what, what more would you want to be? Like, I feel like that's the the best place to be no matter what, like the, the fame, everything that comes with it. But at the same time, like if you're going to try and franchise tag him again, then there's no reason San Francisco should not call and be like, hey, you know, we can maybe work a contract. We have this guy, his name's Pragmarathe. He's pretty good at what he does. And he can set you up with a, a nice pretty contract where we make everything work. Maybe we pay you a little less right now, pay you a little more down the line and, you know, or something like that. And just, mm-hmm. you know, for this window to continue to be open. And I think, you know, the thing about Prescott is people didn't realize just how good he was until last year when the Cowboys were scorching hot on offense and their defense was just as bad as the Seahawks and they were still in every game. And the minute he got hurt and you had to watch Dalton play, and don't get me wrong, Dalton is literally Jimmy Garoppolo, like same player pretty much at this point. But what Dak Prescott does and the way he can manipulate the pocket, make off schedule throws, like Dak Prescott sets this team up to be right up there with the Chiefs as well. That would be, I'd like to see this offense with Dak. That could be fascinating because he can run a little bit too. So you'd start to see Kyle kind of, you know, pull some tricks out of his bag. Like we kind of saw at the end of last year when he started running like a couple of quarterback option plays. Like I would, I would be down for that for sure. Now Dak's coming off a, a major injury. So that, you know, it would probably be kind of a, a slow start that they would get off to, but I would be down for that. I, I just don't know where else you could go in terms of upgrades. Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Dak, and Dak would be really hard to get. I mean, you're not going to convince Andrew Luck to come out of retirement and convince the Colts to trade him to you now that they desperately need a quarterback. So that's off the table, even though that was my dream scenario. I don't know. I just, I hate to quote Star Wars, but I'm going to do it. I have a bad feeling about this. (laughs) I mean, the draft is always there. But that's not necessarily an upgrade because it's still the draft. You don't know what you're getting. But, you know, yeah, I think it's unlikely the Niners can get Watson just because Houston's going to be, I think, a royal pain in the ass over that trade. They're going to not want to talk trade, not want to talk trade until the draft has come and gone. I don't think they're going to face reality. Houston does not sound like a team that is you know, facing the music and looking at it in a realistic sense. And once the draft passes – the Niners' ability to get Watson, I think, is dead because they don't have the 12th pick as a Trump card anymore. And when you go to Dak, yeah, I would love it, but uh, there's one wrinkle that we didn't mention that I think makes it almost impossible. Jerry Jones isn't trading him to an NFC rival. He's not trading him to the Niners. He's a free agent, isn't he? 
I'm pretty sure he's a free agent, right? Because he's he's just been franchise yeah. tagged twice so, in a row. So how would so, why would they would they need to trade him? I believe so. Because they can they can franchise him a third year. I don't think Jerry Jones is gonna let him walk out of the door free and clear. Mm-hmm. That's not Jerry's MO. I don't see yeah, that happening. I mean, if if they could make it work and just I don't like get in his ear and just you know speak sweet nothings into his ear and make him get out of there, like I think that's what I would want. But I mean, on my show, we've been talking about drafting quarterbacks for so long, and I've done so much research on Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson. So much so that like Rob knows how I feel about Zach Wilson. Like I think he needs to help. It is unhealthy. He needs to get bigger in the offseason, which I think he will. Like he's you know. He's built that way, and his but he has a cannon for an arm. He had the most tight window throws in the NFL last year, even more than Trevor Lawrence, even more than Joe Burrow did last year when he won the Heisman. Like this kid is a baller. He was literally made in a lab to run the Kyle Shanahan offense. Like they put some Steve Young DNA in, in the t- test tube, a little bit, you know, just a little bit, mixed it in there, and said, "All right, go go run this offense at BYU and see how it goes." And if Kyle Shanahan, once he gets back from Cabo watches some film of this kid and says, you know what? We didn't get Stafford, but the reason I want to get with that 12th pick is because I want to give up next year's whatever pick and I want to give it to the Jets and I want to go get Zach Wilson. I'm going to make him the franchise and he's going to be the future of this team. And we're going to look back two, three years from now and people are like, Zach Wilson, what a, what a player. You know, he's up in the upper, upper echelons of the NFL, just killing it. And I think that with the ability, like he's not a running quarterback. Yeah, he's ran a little bit. But he has just that ability to manipulate a pocket, make off schedule throws, like we were talking about with Dak Prescott. And he's on a rookie contract. So, yeah, you lose the draft capital, but he's on a rookie contract, and he allows you to to really see what you can do in free agency. And, I mean, the the sky the, the skies are endless with, with a Zach Wilson and what you could do. I mean, obviously, nobody's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes comes up along once in a 10, 15-year window. But I think that this kid could be the guy that sets the 49ers up to be the big bad bullies of the NFC West. Be nice to get back to that. I'll tell you that. Uh, Let's get to some of the questions from Twitter here since we did ask for them. At Halo 5 says, could a Trent Williams or a Juszczyk re-signing calm the waters in 49ers Twitter or would a splash trade or free agent signing in another position offset this apparent quarterback disparity in the West, Levin? Uh, I would say no. It's not going to offset the disparity because it's not a quarterback. Yes, you want to bring those guys back, but those are guys, regardless of what was going on with the quarterback situation, you wanted to bring back. Like That is just something that needs to happen. Now, if it doesn't happen, I will say the Niners, I think they can weather the storm of Verit a little bit more. If they lose Trent Williams, they have a major problem because they have to go out and get a left tackle. Like there is no, well, we'll try to plug him with, you know, like E-Man is there for Verrett if Verrett's not not back. Like there's options at corner. There's not an option at left tackle on this roster. So if they don't get Trent Williams, they got major issues, and that becomes arguably the biggest priority. But as far as bringing them back to counter this, that's just bringing back guys that were already on the team. Nothing is going to counter this. Like, watching Jimmy Garoppolo play football is not fun. Like, that's the problem. And I think the thing is, is I saw a video this week on Twitter, and it's of that Cardinals game. And I felt like after that Cardinals game, a lot of Niners Twitter, you know, was like, don't overreact, it's just one game. And now we go back and watch that game, we're like, no, there was a problem then. You know, there's a play where he's running around in circles, like trying to pull Russell Wilson, but he has no ability to be, he's no bubble at all. And he just runs into a sack like an idiot. And so the thing is, is like, the only thing that's going to fix this is, trading up to two or upgrading the quarterback position and finding a way for, you know, you to not have the worst quarterback or at least have a quarterback that is at least serviceable against the three others in your division now, because this is, this is ridiculous. This team was in the Super Bowl last year. The Rams were in the Super Bowl before that. And the Rams had one of the best defense, the best defense in the NFL just didn't have a quarterback. You think if Matthew Stafford is playing quarterback when they play green Bay two weeks ago, that the, Los Angeles Rams aren't in the Super Bowl right now. The, the Los Angeles Rams are absolutely in the Super Bowl right now if the, he was the quarterback against that Packers team. Next question comes from at 13 underscore Niner, who says, should we be concerned, Nate, that it sounds like Stafford wanted to play for McVay over Shanahan? I don't know that I've heard that. I know he wanted to play somewhere warm, but that's all I've heard about his demands. 
I don't think that's something I heard, but I mean, like, I get it. You want to, like, his wife wants to be, like, in LA. She's lived in Detroit for so many years, and Detroit <laughs> sucks. Like, it's not LA. And nothing is LA, right? Like, I live in San Francisco, but at the same time, like, nothing's LA. Like, the sun is always out, you know, it's a different atmosphere. Like, and I think that that came into it, you know, but. I don't think that's something we should be concerned for. Like everybody knows how good Kyle Shanahan is. Even people who don't actually understand how like football as well as others, like they understand what he's doing. Like there's no reason to worry about our head coach. Like that's the last thing we have to worry about. You know, there is one I saw tweeted out by, uh, I forget who it might've been Mike Silver, one of the NFL guys on Twitter. It's a connection that I was not aware of. And I don't think too many people are aware of maybe not the person who posed that question, but there is a relationship between McVay and Stafford. And that is Stafford's wife is the sister to McVay's basically high school rival who he's really close with. I guess they were like two quarterbacks in the, in high school in their area that were good. They know each other well. They've remained friends this whole time. And that guy's sister, again, is Stafford's wife. So there's actually a connection there. In addition to, I think the bigger part of it was he just wanted to be in LA. I mean, when's the, when's the last time you saw Stafford in any kind of commercial or anything that gives him extra income? LA gives him that ability. And I think yeah. that he probably is looking at that, that he's at the age where he's starting to look outside of his career and there is nothing outside of his career in Detroit. There are opportunities in LA. Akash just tweeted this two minutes ago. For some reason, he has time to tweet, but not to join us on the pod. <laughs> Quote, after going 0-4 against Kyle Shanahan the last two seasons, I promise Sean McVay is going to look to throttle the 49ers this season with Stafford, no doubt. How much better would you feel about things if Robert Sala was still here? Like, the fact that there's so many defensive questions, now Stafford's in the division. I don't know what D'Amico Ryan is. I would feel a hell of a lot better, Nate, if we still had the psycho Sala as our defensive coordinator. The biggest thing San Francisco has going into this following season is a man. Two words, Nick Bosa. When he comes back, they, he is another rising tide that lifts all boats. When Nick Bosa comes back, this defense is going to be fine. It doesn't matter who's running it. I, you know, from everything I heard about D'Amico, he's the right guy. Like he was who everyone wanted. Um, Leo, my co-host actually talked to a 49ers player and said, who would you think should be the defensive coordinator if Salah was to leave? And this was like before it actually happened. And he said, D'Amico Ryans. And this isn't just a guy who played linebacker. This is a guy who played corner. So take that as you will. But he said D'Amico Ryans. And so if this is the guy that the players believe was the right guy, they will be fine. Nick Bosa is coming back, which helps Eric Armstead, which helps the secondary, which helps everything. I still think they're going to lose to the Rams twice a year. If they, I, I think that if they don't get a quarterback, they're going to have to deal with a team that just is just throttling points down your throat. And that's the thing is if they get a quarterback, then we're looking at kind of what happened the first year that Shanahan was the head coach where – you know, Brian Hoyer was dueling with Jared Goff and hopefully it would be, you know, whoever the quarterback for the 49ers is dueling with Stafford. But unless they upgrade the quarterback position, the Rams are going to run this division for sure. Yeah. See, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. You know, the Niners were 13 and three. Jimmy is not a good quarterback, but he's an average quarterback. I think there's a little too much hate that's going his way right now. He's an average quarterback. You definitely want better, but the Niners have proven they can dominate and win almost every game with Jimmy. Now, Jimmy, I think, regressed last year. So if he's still the regressed version, then they're in deeper trouble than I personally think they are. But if he gets back to 2019 and, and gets rid of the ghosts, so to speak, I think they can still beat the Rams. The Rams aren't that high upgraded, and the Rams just got raided in their coaching staff. Like They're going to have issues in that regard, and that defense took a big leap because of a guy that's no longer there now in that coaching staff. So who knows what that defense will be next year. Now, it should be good, but I do agree with you that Nick Boza is a big thing for the Niners that will help them in this regard. You know, Salah, I don't think is as big of a loss because the Niners already have the star power they need on defense, and that's as big of a driving point as anything. They have Nick Boza, they have Fred Warner, and they have Eric Armstead. The year two of Kinlaw, too. Don't forget about that. I think Javon Kinlaw is a big big player. Yes, Kinlaw can get to that level. I don't think he's there yet, so I can't quite say he's a star. I think he – 
I'm more confident than he would be. But, and Armstead's obviously, I don't think, at the same level of star as Boza and Warner, two guys that could potentially win a defensive player of the year in their career. Armstead's never going to be that guy, but I think he's still a star. And maybe Jimmy Ward, you could start throwing in there as being a, a Pro Bowl caliber player. So the defense, I think, has the star player. And that that's the whole reason why I'm willing to give up first-round picks. I, you know, I've made that point on Twitter. The Niner, The reason you need first-round picks is to get star players, to get crazy talent that it, that you can't find elsewhere. The Niners already have that on both sides of the ball. They have their stars. They have Kittle on offense. They have Ayuk. They have Debo. Or Debo. They, <laughs> they have Warner. They have Boza. They have Armstead. They have the stars. They don't need the stars. They need all the filler. Obviously, they also need the quarterback. I'm just going to throw this out there. Just real quick. There is a quarterback out there in his early 30s. Who wouldn't cost you a single draft pick? I know who you're talking. To play. Nate hasn't figured it out yet. Cap. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I don't know. Colin Kaepernick is out there right now. You know, I said early in the show, we don't have a quarterback that does anything special. I know that Cap hasn't played in a few years. I know one thing. They sign him. They got a quarterback that can do something special because that dude can run around better than or as good as basically anybody. I'm just throwing it out there. The only what do they have at quarterback under contract right now? Josh Johnson and Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just throwing it out there. It would cost them basically nothing. What do they have to lose? I would be fine with it if he's brought in as a secondary option because the Niners strike out everywhere else. That's where I'm at with Cap. You can't bring him in and say, hey, you're the starter. Go win us games because you don't know what he is because he's been out of the NFL so long, even though he is a freak of nature, if we're being honest. The, his athletic ability and the arm talent he has makes him like he he's one of those true rare freaks when it comes to that. I'm fine with bringing him in as a backup option to see what he still has if you want to push Jimmy because you got stuck with Jimmy because you couldn't get anybody else. Outside of that, though, like if you draft a top rookie, I don't see why you want to bring in Cap. If you get one of these other vets, there's not really a reason to bring in Cap unless you just want a solid backup. But I don't think Cap would necessarily be willing to say, like, if you went out and signed Dak Prescott and was able to get him or you get Deshaun Watson, I don't think Cap's going to want to be a backup to that. But he might be willing to be a backup to Jimmy because he might be able to beat out Jimmy. (laughs) I'm going to... I, I don't like talking about this. I used to so when I, in Seattle, I used to talk. I used to work with a former NFL executive for the Carolina Panthers, and he told me straight up that Colin Kaepernick will never play another snap in the NFL. He just never will. And whether or not it was the right deal or was the wrong deal, I don't care. That what that's 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 the NFL. Whatever happens, but I do agree with him. I don't think that there's any chance he ever plays another snap in the NFL. Whether what he did was right or wrong or whatever people did, it was the fact that. The NFL took it the way they did, and now maybe looking back on it, it was kind of like whatever. Like this was so stupid that we got mad about this. But now it's like I just don't see any world where he is ever in any uniform in the NFL ever again. And, you know, he's better than what we have now, sure. But, I mean, it's not like he's phenomenal either. Like Colin Kaepernick back when the Niners were, you know, he was the quarterback, there were still problems there. Like his arm wasn't the best. He could run. But there's still there was still you know maybe not as bad as the problems we're having with Jimmy, but there's still problems. Yeah, his accuracy was inconsistent. That exactly. was his big yeah, problem. just like the guy we got now. Like, <laughs> I if you're gonna run it back with Jimmy, if you told me we're gonna run it back with Jimmy, but we're gonna sign Colin as a backup, I I'd be down with that because you know what, Jimmy ain't playing all 16 games, so I'm gonna get to see Kaepernick. So I would be fine with that, and it'd be a nice situation for the Niners because Jimmy would get hurt. So it wasn't like, oh, we just brought in Cap off the street after years, and now we're making him the starter. Like It would be a nice way to hit, ease him in. He could spend the first few weeks learning the playbook, getting back in the swing of things. That, to me, is the only scenario where I would not be super pissed about seeing number 10 under center for the quarterbacks in 2021. There is absolutely – okay, real quick. There is absolutely no way in hell that if they brought Jimmy Garoppolo, I would not be super pissed. That would be the worst-case scenario that you you said last year, we're going to run it back with this guy. We're going to run it back with him. He took us to a Super Bowl. I get it. I understand. You want to run it back. The guy missed most of the season, and then when the Buffalo Bills game came along, Kyle Shanahan said, eh, he had a good week of practice. I think he'll be fine. He didn't play on purpose to defend himself. 
so that he could get some sort of contract in the offseason. The guy quit. He straight up quit on the team. Like, do you really want that guy back at quarterback? No, not at all. I don't want him back. I don't want him in a Niner uniform. I don't want the jersey that have that's number 10 on it. I never want to see it again. Like, I just don't want anything to do with the guy. I don't think he's good. I think he got exposed against the worst defense we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. And, like, there's no coming back from that. Like, they are better off putting Andy Dalton and a rookie who never plays all season and, like, pulls a Patrick Mahomes where he just doesn't play at all and having Andy Dalton play all season for, like, way half the price of Jimmy Garoppolo because he can do the same exact stuff for way cheaper. Yeah, and this is where we kind of, I think, dissect. We've agreed on a lot of things. I'm not that far down on Jimmy. Just put it that way. Did he quit on the team? I think it's quite possible. But I also wonder if he truly quit on the team, I would think that players would not be going out of their way to talk about how much of a great leader he is or that they want him back. You know, Kittle has publicly defended him. You know, if he truly quit on the team, I don't think they would be going out of the way to do that. Kittle's never going to throw anybody under the bus. I don't think he, no, I think Jimmy will talk about it. You know what I mean? Like he's gone out of his way to talk up Jimmy. I don't think that Jimmy quit on the team. I think Jimmy was like, you know what? I'm probably not going to be here next year. I'm not going to risk anything, my value to other teams by getting out there and playing. And I think the Niners were totally fine with that because they didn't want him to get hurt because if he got hurt, they wouldn't be able to move him. I think it was just a mutual, like everybody knows what's up here. We're all adults. Everybody knows what's up. We're not putting you back on the field. But to do it, <laughs> they can't, they can't do it again. Come on. <sighs> well, this is where we are. We've got a long way to go, like we said. Still free agency, still the draft. We have no idea what's going to happen now. I feel like the offseason just got a little less exciting, though. I feel like there are less quarterback options on the table now, but we will find out. Thank you for listening. Again, rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We really do appreciate it. It really does help. And we will be with you, come hell or high water, with whatever happens to this team. Nate, you and and Leo coming up on Tuesday. What do you got cooking? Anything special? Why you shouldn't bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) Part part 16 of our 32-part drama. (laughs) I mean, like... It's so hard because, like, if you're Kyle Shanahan now, like, the thing you have to be like is like, all right, John, we got to get this done. And I think that that's what I think that's what every podcast should be about because this is the biggest problem. There's no problem bigger than quarterback at this point. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to come out from a different angles. Leo just got back from the senior bowl. Maybe we'll talk a little about some of the players he saw. But, I mean, it's going to be quarterback until they fix this problem. Like that's going to be one of the biggest things we talk about, but we'll get a little bit of senior bowl in there. We'll see what we can do. And don't bring back Jimmy, please don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs>